Now from the Milken Institute, responding to COVID-19, conversations with Mike Milken. Those of us, like myself, who recuperated from the COVID-19 virus, have developed antibodies. Obviously, this discussion taking the antibodies from one patient and transfusing to the other patient, that's one way. That's Dr. Ari Beldegrun, seeing a possible silver lining to having once been diagnosed with COVID-19, along with his wife. An oncologist and businessman, he's built several successful biopharmaceutical companies, including Allergene Therapeutics, so he sees the crisis from multiple angles. He spoke recently with Milken Institute Chairman Mike Milken. Welcome, Ari. Uh, let me Thank start you. with an important question. How's your health? My health now is good. Uh, I'm back uh, to full function and uh, it's been almost one month. Uh, so both you and your wife, Rebecca, were diagnosed uh, with the virus. Uh, do you know how and where you were exposed and how you got it? Um, so it was the uh, 2nd of March when uh, a healthcare conference in Boston took place. Uh, I attended it uh, two days later. I started a short cough, cough, which as a physician, I can tell you, it's a different cough than uh, a flu. It's a very dry cough for a week. On day eight, I had uh, a temperature, low grade temperature of 100.7, and then uh, muscle ache and fatigue. At that night, uh, putting all of it together, I requested to be tested and had uh, a positive uh, testing for corona, for the COVID-19. And then I insisted that my wife will be tested. She was asymptomatic. She had no symptom that time. That's what happened. Uh, and it was on the uh, 14th of March. You have been studying the immune system uh, for more than three decades. What role is the immune system playing here in the coronavirus? The immune system plays a major role preventing viruses from attacking and taking over. There are two steps in the attack, uh, specifically the COVID-19. The first one is when the virus enters the body and starts replicating or dividing, and then it enters into the cell. That's the first phase. Second phase, is when our immune system is now stimulated to fight that virus and it mounts an immune reaction against that virus. This is a brand new virus that the immune system has not seen before. And therefore, the inflammatory process that's happening as a reaction of the immune system stimulated is what causes the severity of the disease in some patients. And we do not understand why some patients fight it well. And in others, the immune system is not fighting it well. Now, you've had this amazing track record of building biopharma companies. Talk a little bit about that. I was an active surgeon, uh, physician, scientists building a laboratory at the Johnson Cancer Center at UCLA, 
I started realizing that while we are doing great surgeries, but there is a limit to what we can achieve with our knife. And I started looking for other alternatives. We started the first company called Agensis, which was a gene discovery company that was fully dedicated to study different genes involving cancer, creating monoclonal antibodies at that time was quite new but today it's a household name and these antibodies were then converted to medications that uh, some of which are approved now by the fda i have started another company called cougar biotechnology which was interesting that when we started that that company in the early 2000 there were very few new treatments uh, for prostate cancer. And you, Mike, were the impetus of starting the uh, research then. We then established a uh, company that developed eventually a drug called Abiraderon, today known as Zytiga, Z-Y-T-I-G-A, Zytiga. And that uh, drug is uh, now distributed all over the world by Johnson and Johnson and making a lot of difference in the life of patients with metastatic prostate cancer. And I would say, Ari, I have probably visited with a thousand people who had failed surgery, had failed hormones, had failed radiation, and are living normal lives today uh, because of that drug. Um, just an amazing thing that probably all by itself has reduced the death rate by 5 to 10% in the entire world. One of the things we've been focused on here, Ari, is that everything that's occurred in cancer that you've been working on, we've been looking at how to apply that uh, to this virus and what do we learn in, in cancer research that we could apply. Talk a little bit about the therapies in cancer. Uh, you had this immune response as you energize the patient's immune system fight cancer. Uh, these issues were addressed in research before to try to regulate the immune response so it didn't go to such an extent that we're seeing here in the coronavirus. Mike, that's exactly the case. Uh, these proteins are not specific for COVID-19 virus. They are an inflammatory process that the body is using to fight diseases, whether it's cancer or viruses. For example, interleukin-6, very important protein that the body is using to create an inflammation and, uh, and fight uh, invaders. This interleukin-6 has been used by us in the last five, six years in treating patients that are receiving immunotherapy with cell treatment. And we have been using that drug for now several years in patients that are treated with immunotherapy for cancer. We've read a great deal about the Gilead drug. And what do you see in the development of that drug? Gilead is working on a different aspect 
of the immune system and developed an antiviral that's called remdesivir. The mode of action completely different than the interleukin-6. Interleukin-6 antibodies, there are two companies that are now testing it against uh, COVID-19. One is called Acterma, made by Roche. The second one is Kevzara, which is uh, made by Sanofi Regeneron. And both are being tested right now for treatment in patients with the inflammatory process of COVID-19. Remdesivir is an antiviral drug that essentially was developed for originally for the Ebola inflammation. But recently, it has shown as other respiratory RNA viruses, that it can work against COVID-19 as well. And this is the drug that is right now being tested by uh, Gilead. What strategy would you recommend from how we've fought other diseases? The challenge here is controlling the spread, treating the underlying cause. This has to go hand in hand. When you ask, what can I do today? Today is controlling spread. And we cannot emphasize enough how important it is because when you look at a interesting group in Italy, which discusses the importance of social distancing, you have number one, a group in Italy, in an area called Lodi that started the shelter in place on February 26. And then next to it, there is another area called Bergamo, which started the shelter in place about 10 days later. The difference in the spreading of the virus in the community is like day and night. It's amazing to see in one area, it was about 50 to 100 patients a day. Uh, in the Bergamo case, as I recall, 600 patients a day. So it's the immediate need is for controlling the spread. And I think that what Anthony Fauci and the entire uh, team uh, is uh, emphasizing day and night. The second one is what's called the Manhattan Project. How do we treat the underlying cause of the disease and what do we need to do immediately? Obviously, as a scientist, as a clinician, as a biotech uh, person, I would say clinical trials. You have to test it. You have to see exactly what works, what doesn't work. You have to do a very well-controlled study, but this takes time. So therefore, you also have to factor in, it's not what we know how to do, it's how you do it today. The WHO study, which is not perfect, there will be a lot of criticism to that, but it started just now, what's called the solidarity trial. Lots of people, thousands of people all over the world, uh, the, the physician will be able to participate. And it will have remdesivir from Gilead, the Avigan that was actually developed as a treatment for flu. And then there is all of that with combination of a drug uh, which is called interferon beta. But these are different approaches that eventually we know what works and what doesn't work. Most likely we will meet the, this virus. 
if not now, we'll meet him at the end of the year or beginning of next year. So we need to know the facts. With the disaster that this has brought to families, individuals, and death to so many people, we have to push on every path. So on March 16th, Moderna put a vaccine into the first patient. And so we're going to get feedback, but this vaccine is for people that don't have the virus. As you said, this is a vaccine. This is not a treatment. And therefore, you should look at 16 to 18 months to get the results. But meanwhile, we need to treat. And in the treatment, there are different approaches. Those of us, like myself, who recuperated from the uh, COVID-19 virus, have developed antibodies. Obviously, there's discussion taking the antibodies from one patient and transfusing it to the other patient. That's one way. But what we'll do is they will clone and create multiple antibodies that can be treated for a lot of patients. And these antibodies would then be the treatment and it will become extremely important in controlling and treating the disease. So as we look at what has the best chance in the short run, whether they're antivirals, whether they're antibodies today, one of the questions that has to be answered is how long do these antibodies last? Do you have to continually get them? And we know in some cases they last a decade or more. Do you have any insight into that, Ari? Not much more than you or any scientist in the world. This is a new virus. The immune system has never seen that virus. And therefore, uh, your guess is as good as ours. You know, you can say it will last for at least two to three months. It's also a great story to look. Is that all globally a single virus, the same virus that was sequenced in China uh, several months ago? It did not mutate. So all of these questions are extremely important. Usually the viruses tend to mutate. If that's the same virus, there's so many questions why some areas are extremely uh, aggressive versus others that uh, have patient, other patients that have a very mild symptoms, if it's exactly the same virus. It appears in many cases the virus started in the GI tract in Italy, uh, different than it's occurring here or say in the United States or other places. That's correct. I have seen that information as well, that in Italy, many of these patients first appear with diarrhea and GI symptoms uh, that then later on becomes uh, a respiratory problem. In the States, most of them are through the respiratory system. So yes, these are different modes of entry of the virus and creating the first step, which is the replication and the entry into cells, to which cell it enters. Is there anything we're not doing that we should be doing today? Personally, I don't think we are skipping any opportunity in this world. We are all together. If you think of sequencing the gene in China in four weeks, 
I would have never believed that that can be done in four weeks. Up to a few years ago, it would take me a year to sequence the entire gene and come up with the sequence of coronavirus. Once you see that, you start believing that everything is just a matter of time. Time is of essence. But I have personally no doubt that we will control that disease rapidly. And when I'm saying that is within the next uh, three to probably six months. But this is a work that otherwise would have ten taken 10 years. So with the technology that we have today, with the multiple companies all using all their technology and everything that they have in the armamentarium of old drugs and new drugs and just testing it against the virus, I'm quite confident that we will have a drug to treat the disease. I believe that patients will not die from the disease and that will be the first step. If we will know that this is not a deadly disease, we can treat that, all the rest will come in steps. Well, Ari, one, thank you for your commitment to serving uh, the world with your treatments and the companies you've built. And as you know, the motto of our Faster Cures is time equals lives. And hopefully we'll be able to compress time with technology today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for joining us. Next time on Responding to COVID-19, Mike speaks with Alex Gorski, Chairman and CEO of Johnson & Johnson. As a West Point graduate and former Army Ranger, Gorski brings a special kind of discipline and focus to his organization's direction in the current crisis. Find that episode and more along with the latest COVID-19 updates at milkeninstitute.org. Until next time, stay safe and healthy.